welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dow, your fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spinning studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I am so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything you need to know and ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. All right. Thank you so much for coming out. And I have to be transparent. This is my entry level back into my cycling podcast or interview series called Secrets from the Saddle. So today I'm super excited to bring Ed Vale, who is from Toronto, in for the first interview back. And you're going to see why, because we have so many good things. So Secrets from the Saddle is about all stuff cycling related, all aspects of the cycling world. And I'm just super excited to bring Ed in here. Now, before we get into Ed's interview, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background and then I'm going to go through some rapid fire questions with him. And then we're going to dig right into some of the exciting stuff that he's been working on with the para-athletes and his charity that's running this month. All right. So Ed Vale, he's sitting in Toronto, Hamilton, and uh, really close to the velodrome if you know where that is because that's where he spends a lot of his time I'm sure and he allowed me to let's say his age he's 44 young so here's some of his accolades he is very familiar with the podium we have a Canadian hour record so he can touch a little bit on that he has a 40 to 44 world hour record holder now this is on the track right Ed yes yep all right and then the world cup gold medalist on the track and then we have 2015 bronze Pan Am at home in Toronto on the track finisher. So he's a dad of a son who just turned 17 and he's also a coach. So if you're ever looking for him, I will put all his information at the end, but you can find him at realdealcycling.ca. All right. Welcome, Ed. I'm so excited to have you here. And nice. are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. First, where did you grow up? So this is going to give people a little bit of an idea of where you're coming from and your, how you got started in cycling. Okay. So I grew up in Toronto. Uh, My parents, uh, I guess, Islington and 4-1, Rexdale. uh, Proud of that. Um, (laughs) But my parents were there when we were 10. So then I was always York Region. So uh, Queensville, which no one's ever heard of. Little farm town, kind of north of Newmarket, uh, maybe an hour north of Toronto. That's where I, I you know, kind of grew up. And my parents actually just sold their home. It's a big deal in our family right now. The family home, they're downsizing and moving to Font Hill. So, so right now, in the next two weeks, I'm helping them move. So, But yeah, Queensville for the majority of my life. Oh, my gosh. My dad just did the same thing, like sold the family farm. But he brought property next to me, close to me, and he's building a house. 
That's beautiful. So, we're doing the same thing. They're coming this way. So we're now in Hamilton yeah. and my brother's in Niagara. And so my parents are moving to Fawn Hill, which is down this way. So we're all kind of like migrating. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful to staying close. So that's beautiful. I know. I am like another place to send the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's place. All right. So I guess that answers our question. Where do you live now? That's in Hamilton. Hamilton. Awesome. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about cycling and how did you get into it? Oh, wow. Okay. I've got a lot of favorite things. So I don't, I don't know if I have one favorite thing, but <laughs> um, I can start with how I got into it. So I uh, had a neighbor that uh, he mountain biked. He would see me, you know, washing my car, cutting the lawn, and the guy would just bug me. He would roll up his mountain bike and say, you got to give this a shot. And he just was really like a bit of a pest, actually. And so he saw that I was fit and, you know, he was mountain biking. He was almost like a, I felt like it was a bit of a cult thing. I was like, this guy had to try and push this on me. Like, what is the deal? Why do I have to mountain bike so bad? But, uh, you know, he was big heart and uh, really, you know, just knew how good it was, I guess. And, uh, so when, when he got me out there to a race series, I went with, uh, him on his wife's bike and I didn't even have a helmet or any gears and you know, shorts and a t-shirt and actually showed up with a hockey helmet. Um, so, but yeah, I never, I never, uh, looked back. So that's, that's, that's kind of like how I got introduced to it. I was actually started as a mountain biker. You know, that's funny. Cause that's how I started road cycling too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wrote mountain biking, mountain bike racing. Then I started training on my road bike for mountain biking. Then I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to stick with road cycling. Hey, I did the exact same thing. So yeah. I uh, got on the mountain bike and I, I really loved it. I started uh, doing pretty well. I, I worked up from sport to expert to elite. And uh, uh, there was a good crew that was at this race series, and I started making some really good connections. I actually met my best friend, a lot of great people there. And uh, my my best buddy now, James, he's the one that said, um, well, I, I don't know if it was him that said that, but he, someone said, if you want to get fast on a mountain bike, you got to train on the road. But he was the one that uh, was kind of getting sick of me beating him in the trails. And he's like... <laughs> come to the road so I can spank you so I can give it to you and so he did he he got me a bike we go in a ride and he just uh man was he mean to me he dropping me and like pushing me and like you know but immediately I love the speed I love the skinny tires I loved uh you know uh, the distance you could travel um so back to the favorite thing um and it's a tie okay right now now it's a tie it's one is the therapeutic benefits of cycling I love being alone with your thoughts uh, I love the, uh, I don't know if it's meditation, you know, whether you're in the forest on the road, but that time, uh, just being on the bike, traveling, uh, seeing things, exploring, uh, or just feel like a kid. Like I love that. And I find it very therapeutic. The, the tie is with the way you propel the bike forward. I love the force. I really do love pushing on the pedals. I love the way my body feels and I love the mechanics, you know, just your quads and your glutes and you're just, you know, I, I want to like snap the pedal off. You know, I, I really like the, the idea of like pushing hard on the pedals and propelling yourself forward. It's uh, I can't get enough of it even to this day. I know. I love that too. So next one is your greatest accomplishments. Now, I did list some, but I'm sure you must have one great accomplishment in all of your, you know, your podium experiences, which one's okay. like the one that was like, Oh, I really wanted that. And, and, you know, you, you achieved it. 
This is a great question. It's tough. That's tough. My go-to to get out of trying to narrow down like a cycling accomplishment is always yeah. um, Evan. My son is my greatest accomplishment. So like oh. that, that is by far number one and it's not even close. Uh, so when I think about a gift or just being a dad, the ultimate gift, like he was a gift and then actually the whole experience, that is by far my greatest accomplishment. So, and I think that's actually what I put on my Twitter I think that's uh, something I've written. Like my greatest accomplishment is named Evan. So that's. Uh, oh my gosh. So can I ask you where, where um, is he following in your footsteps or is he like, where's he in like the whole thing following dad or is he? So this is what's uh, interesting. So I'm a late bloomer. Uh, I didn't get into sport till late. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to touch on that, but I mean, uh, I really am fearful of the pressure on him to follow in my footsteps or do anything in an athletics. So, uh, and that's one thing I've been very uh, just mindful of with him. I'm not, you know, there's no pressure. He doesn't have to bike. He doesn't have to play sports. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. And I've told him that, um, you know, from day one, I, and I'll continue to tell him that, you know, so it's, I really, um, there's a culture with, you know, different parents or people uh, that uh, they live so much through their kids and they put so much on their children that maybe they missed the mark on something or they excelled at something and they want their kids to take the next level or follow in their footsteps or take on the famous business or, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm against that completely. I want him to be his own man. I want him to find his way. I want him to, uh, you know, play and enjoy and wherever he ends up, I will be happy. So that's, that's one message I'm telling him over and over and over again. So he bikes, he, he does all kinds of stuff and he, there's not a sport he hasn't played with every, he has a flavor of the week. Every time I see him, he's doing something else, right? He, I seen him yesterday. He just got a skateboard. Now he's skateboarding. He has all, I mean, we go to the driving range, we throw around the football, we throw around a baseball. We, there's not, not a sport that we don't do together or that he hasn't played. Um, but as far as like making it his career or his, that's entirely up to him as far as his passion. And, you know, and if, and if he decides to be a, um, an artist or if he wants to play a, a, an instrument or if he wants to, whatever he wants to do, I'm, it's all, it's, you know, I want to cultivate that really freeing time where he can kind of evolve and make his path, choose his path. Well, that's kind of nice. I'm glad to hear that he's on his bike. So you got, you guys get to ride together yet? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> I, when he comes over here, I don't. I say to him, "Do you want to ride?" And if he doesn't, we don't. You know, what I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's on his. Like, it's not. He knows my line. Um, to I use. I've said this so many times. Is that um, you know I ride enough for everyone in my family plus plus plus. So if you <laughs> want to ride a bike, it's all taken care of. I ride enough for all of us combined, right? So yeah, yeah. He does. He definitely doesn't have to ride. It's an enjoyment. If he wants to ride, we have numerous bikes. The cool thing about he's the same size as me now. So all my clothing, uh, my shoes, uh. I don't even have to adjust the saddle. He just jumps on my bike. He fits it perfectly. So we are, he's like, uh, you know, like, hmm, what bike should I take today, dad? Yeah, exactly. That's what's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it's great. So that part makes it really easy. Yeah. So, so uh, I love that you say that because we're kind of in the same boat. Like my husband, he was heavy into hockey all through like elementary high school. And, and he had an option of going the distance with it, but he, had, he chose academics and it was the same with golf is it was like the two 
all the way through. And um, we always said that our kids would never do hockey hands down. And I said, if they did, you're taking care of it because I'm not going to hang out <laughs> in the hockey rink. But, um, and our kids are eight, 10, and my daughter's 19, uh, 18. So they're kind of like, we're just letting them experiment with different things. I did, however, put them in a kid's cycling program cool. last summer, just so it wasn't me doing the teaching, right? Because that's sure. kind of one of the, the worst things to do is be the teacher for the sport that you love. You sure. really do need to, and I did it for my daughter too. Uh, she learned from other coaches and then I got to reap the benefits of going for rides with her and, and, you know, just helping her out later on. Um, Cycling is too. It's just a hub to bring people together on mm -hmm. some days, um, high performance. And I'm, you know, trying to get to the Olympics or trying to, you know, set records or whatever. Right. But most of the time it's just social. I want to see my friends. I want to get together and have great conversation. I want an excuse to say, Hey, do you want to meet up at X amount of time, go for a bike ride? And what do we do on the bike? we chat and connect, you know? And so that's, yes. that's the same thing with my, my son is like, we go to the driving range. We're not tiger woods. We're not trying to, you know, make the PGA. It's, it's me and him smacking balls and talking and being outside together, you know? So, so you're uh, setting up for the future of golf. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I was like, I'm going to do that when I retire. I'm like, okay. I knows. <laughs> like one, I probably will never retire. And two golf, interests me but you know what it interests me is i like to i would like to get out with my buddies drive around in a motorized golf cart have a beer in the sun and laugh and talk and connect and just be kids that's what i like about golf all right mm -hmm. the activity part yeah if you're not taking a cart and you're walking around or you know you're just being out like golf isn't necessarily so competitive that you have to get the ball in the hole in the least amount of strokes and try and win you know what i mean if i can remove that from it can be a lot of fun but the problem with me being competitive, and I am uber competitive, is that I get angry and I get frustrated. And I, I, that's why golf is, for me right here today, uh, is not for me. That's not my sport because I like sports where I can get fired up and really adrenaline filled and, like, and, and do better, you know, not, uh, you know, snapping a golf club over my knee. Yeah. I oh, know. I get it. That's yeah. why I'm not doing it. Yeah. I watched my husband do it. <laughs> so... You said one thing, and I know we're going to wrap around to this, but preparing for an Olympics. Now, are you, let's go right into the Paris stuff, because we know Tokyo was canceled this year, mm -hmm. and it's postponed to next year. Yep. Now, are you preparing for that? As because you're with um Lowell Taylor, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I know because I saw it, I saw it on there. You guys were supposed to go to Tokyo this year, okay? But are you guys getting ready for next year? Yes, okay. Now, yeah. okay. before you get into that, yeah. what the hell did it feel like being told that like you're peaking for this year? You got to can't like, you got to forget about it. It's not happening. Tell me about that. Because I talked to another, a couple other young, um, young cyclists who are waiting to hear if they were going to go to Tokyo and then everything was just canceled. I want to know what, 
it felt like for you to be told that after you like, you know, the four years of buildup to going as a para pilot for Lowell. Okay. Talk about that. Well, I mean, um, this is probably the most planned year I've ever had. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, everything in my calendar was detailed right down to, you know, what race, like I can go into my training peaks, my annual training plan. And I had it like, there wasn't a spot that wasn't filled, whether it was camps here, you know, we're going to go to this event We're you know, I'm doing this as an able body doing this as a, as a, a pilot. And then the, you know, the lead up, you know, the, the whole breakdown right up to Tokyo. Um, so to kind of like put all that effort into planning that and then wiping it off, you know, that, that is definitely hard, very hard. The, one thing that I benefit from uh, was that I'd already been through this. So when I was on the team pursuit squad uh, with the, the national team, we were building towards trying to qualify to go to Rio. And so okay. I'd already been through an Olympic cycle. And the problem with that was we started the program about a year and a half too late. We didn't get the full four years. And so Canada, you know, uh, with the Pan Am games and the velodrome and then the program started, you know, we were a little bit behind. And so we were a brand new uh, country. We really climbed the ranks quickly. We had a lot of progress, a lot of credit to the whole team and everyone involved that we were even kind of like close. Um, but we missed the mark. And that was kind of prepped me for this because I really wanted to go to Rio. I was all in to go to that. And so when we were so close and didn't make it, that failure or that kind of missing the mark, even though we all together collectively could say we just didn't have enough time and we got we had a late start, yeah. um, was was kind of prepped for this. So when this was taken away, the next Olympic cycle and then a little delay, I'd already been through this. So, you know, the, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, you can think of all the different failures or different challenges you've had. And then when you come in the same kind of realm or the same, you know, you've, I've been there. So unfortunately for some that maybe this was the first crack of uh, something being like, you know, removed, you know, um, I already had that happen, you know? So, so the, the challenges right now are, uh, there's no races. So Lowell and I are actually a very new parent. Okay. okay. He a, a really, uh, a longtime partner. They did lots of great things together. Um, and that's what got Lowell in this position. You know, he was in the next gen program. He was climbing the ranks. Uh, and so Lowell, um, the only, one of the reasons why he switched to me was the track specificity. Okay. So okay. my track background mixed with him being such a big guy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lowell is bigger than I am. Okay. We're, oh, we're, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, we match up so well because if you think of like, you, you know, riding the tandem, you, he's 200 pounds for sure. You know, and I, I get myself a little bit less than that, but you know, I'm rolling around 200 pounds. Our, our hashtag or our kind of a joke is 200 pounds. I mean, 400 pounds of dude. That's our, <laughs> but on the tandem, um, we just match up a little bit better. So like, you know, just think of having a bigger body on front to, you know, for the aerodynamics and then to manage having a, you know, another 200 pound guy, yeah. it, it helps to be a 200 pound guy to fight with the G force and all that of a 200 pound uh -huh, guy. Uh -huh. so, so we, I, I came in to work with Lowell and, uh, and right away we, we just, there's uh, something really special going on there. And so, so can yeah. I ask like now he, it, you're his pilot for track and road and time yeah. trial. Okay. Oh, so you're his new partner for, I'm his new partner, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he he's had many different over the years. He's done triathlon. He Lowell is a, an unbelievable athlete right away. So one the opportunity to, to work with him, uh, man, like I'm over the moon just to you, these these kind of like pairings just don't happen. You know, I I I'd, uh, I put it out there. I guess just a few people and plus the universe saying, hey, if the right opportunity came and the right uh, visually impaired athlete came, I would I would commit a hundred percent to being a pilot. Like. So when this came and Lowell messaged me, uh, I was kind of like, is this really happening? Right. And so, (laughs) you know, I didn't know he was that good in the beginning, you know, Um, but now that we've trained together, uh, he impresses me every time we've been out. And even when we're separate, he's in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, but even the training he does and everything he manages, um, you want to talk about an inspirational guy. Like I, I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity like this. Seriously, whether we go to Tokyo or not, uh, I'm I'm just so thankful because this guy, he's a monster on and off the bike. He really is like, something special on and off the bike. So, but uh, what 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 happened is is that we don't have enough events to qualify. Okay, so because we're a new pairing, we were okay. running around to try and get like the standards. Okay, so we went to mm-hmm. Milton and. Uh, you know, uh, got on a, a UCI official to time us. So we got the A standard, meaning that we were kind of like a metal contender on the track. Yeah. And then we went down to Arizona and we did a time trial to meet the A standard on the road, like on a time trial. And we did that as well. So we set the course record at the Valley of the Sun and we just blew it out of the, the water. We had such a great time trial. And so that gave Cycling Canada, you know, a little bit of background or at least some runs on the board to say, hey, these mm-hmm. guys... Is, but because we're so new and we haven't done a world cup or we haven't gone to a major games, or we haven't done any racing together. Um, we, when, when everything gets kind of like wiped away and there is no racing now we're kind of like behind, you know, because Canada has such a stacked roster of para athletes. Like we're one of the top nations. Okay. And we have world champions and gold medalists. And so it's not the fact that we're not a great tandem and, we, and there actually is another amazing tandem canada has another tandem that you know we're we still have to go head to head with to kind of like solidify that we're the number one tandem like they've already right. gone to the olympics they've already done big things okay so even though on paper i i think we got them beat sorry guys um but uh, we, <laughs> who we are still, they <laughs> yeah, we still gotta do that we want the opportunity to go head to head with them and now there isn't one okay so yeah. that's another challenge that's like um you know so yeah. I do hear the tandem is the most competitive um, category of all the para categories, well, like in cycling. Well, I don't know about that. I well, you gotta like, watch some of this stuff. I, you know, I you're I, gonna I, have to put me onto some of those links because where I was telling you, like, I just I'm just getting into this too with my daughter here in Ottawa, yeah. and uh, that's what they tell me. And you know, I've got oh. And I have, so I have like, you know, I have kind of numbers that we need to get to, to, to be close to being a qualifier. Can I ask you who coaches both of you guys? Well, um, so the pair program has a head coach, uh, Sebastian Travers, and then there's uh, a pair coach out on the West, um, is Phil Abbott. Okay. So we were both coached uh, by both of them. I guess Seb oversees everything. And then Phil coaches Lowell specifically. Um, and then I, uh, these guys uh, have given me a bit of freedom. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. So 
they, 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 they look at my training program. They're, they're kind of overseeing thing when I'm in a camp. I mean, I, 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 uh, obviously do everything they ask. And, you know, when mm-hmm. we're in a strict, you know, training environment, I just, you know, but when I'm outside of that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm self-coached. So, I mean, I okay. have mentors and people around me. I have a great team and everything, but, uh, you You're know, like, what do you think about this? Yes. No, well, it looks does it go good. <laughs> hey, I'm, I have a little bit of freedom to continue. You know, I've got myself into this level. And so yeah. uh, I don't need to be micromanaged, but this, that does happen where I get a phone call from a strength coach or I get an email or, you know, and then, you know, you know, some guidance and that's, it's wonderful. Yeah. It is, it's, it's so oh, great yeah. to be a part of a team. So, Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> cause I was just wondering, I'm like, how does, cause I'm like, are you coaching yourself plus Lowell? Or oh, I guess like once you get onto the team, you then are underneath them and, yeah. So when, like if you're talking about you, for example, like I think if you um, get to a certain level and you mm-hmm. can show whether with a coach or on yourself coached and you can kind of get close to those numbers or start hitting the marks, the criteria for them yeah. to take notice. Once you get there, that's, that's kind of, so you, you got to, got to get to a certain level. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, I don't want to say it to make it worth their while or to make it. Oh, you know, no, like, totally. That's like, what happens. I and get so, it. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you get there, they're going to look at your background and see what you need. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, part of the – everyone's coaching needs are different, okay? And so that is up to the head coach and the group, the team, to kind of go, okay, where are their weaknesses? Where, what do they need? What can we help them yeah. with? And, that's, and there is a full team. There's a nutritionist. Like as soon as you become next-gen or in the development program or high performance, I mean uh, – yeah, there, there's a whole stable of experts that, you know, are, are, are right there to kind of like guide you. Okay. And so, you know, even I've been through this a long time now. Okay. So I started in uh, 20, the late 2013, you know, I did all the national team stuff for like almost five years straight, you know, where I was coached specifically by um, the track coach at the time, the endurance coach at the time was Ian Melvin, plus his team of, of coaches and that. So, you know, I've been through this up until now. So, you know, what's that seven years of, you know, yeah. high performance coaching. So, yeah. I mean, you can, I, I, there's always something to learn, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really, uh, I got it. You know what I mean? Like I, I have a, a system. I, I, I'm not to be chased. I don't need um, external motivation. Like I, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So, so for everybody who's listening, I'll just give you a little background. We're going back and forth between me. So just recently, um, I was approached, I approached Cycling Canada with a, a project and then they approached me about being a um, liaison coach for para potentials here in the Ottawa Udoe region. And I was like, oh my God, that's awesome because I'm a level three national coach. So um, I've, I'm, I've got the, I got the credentials, I guess. And um and then because they had somebody here already and I happened to know her because she went through my cycling club, Chewy. Um, so I, I knew her personally and that made it even better. And then my daughter is visually impaired and I encouraged her to register for the program. So then they came to Ottawa. They brought a tandem bike. They bought a trike. And so here we are, the three of us getting set up on these bikes and I've never ridden a tandem before. So this happened like in September, like 
four weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah. And so Tui, Tui is, um, she's a recumbent rider. So now she has to get up on the bike. So it's different. So we're, you know, we're working on the stability up there, the balance, the, the different muscle groups. And then for my daughter and I, we're slowly like, we had to, we still have to kind of, um, tailor this bike to us because it's basically here's the bike so the saddle and the stem and like the handlebars they're all huge so and we're and the thing is that I'm 128 pounds and my daughter's like 100 pounds so and we're almost the same height so we're like the perfect match yeah in any case so I'm coaching so I'm still start coaching all of us so that's a little bit of a background so that's why I'm so excited about and in, in connecting with Ed here um, on this whole para journey, because that's basically the kind of journey we're on, all three of us. And our qualifier race is in April in Montreal. So that's where they're going to evaluate us to see if we're, um, we have the potential. Yeah. And, and, and also, and they did tell me that I would probably not, be the racer or the the pilot to, to go the distance with my daughter. I get it. I'm almost fifty. She needs somebody young and and. Whoa, full, you know. whoa, hand up! Ah, oh, please, ensure me that this is not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I respectfully disagree. This is something. Thank you, thank you, Ed. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you, listen, people told me I had no potential when I was early thirties. I remember it. I'll never forget it. It's deep, 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 deep inside me. It gets stoked every once in a while. When I hear that, uh, it's, it's complete bullshit. And anybody that tells you like right away, just look into their soul and find out where they, I don't know where this stuff comes from. Okay. It, it's, uh, when, when someone puts a limiter on themselves because of their age, I'm a big proponent. Oh, no, no, I'm not limiting myself. Oh, you, someone else, someone else is trying yeah. to tell you well, right yeah. out of the gate before you've done anything. Just yeah. want to let you know, hey, just to be clear, what it just so you don't get your hopes up or whatever. Just, yeah. just I'm like, well, I'm gonna put all this crap. I'm gonna yeah. let you something's gonna escape my mouth to make somehow, you know, no, 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 no. And now thank you, Ed. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. Because no. like I was like, okay, I was like at first I'm like, ooh, that's it wasn't in so many words, right? But I I was kind of like, well, you know, maybe I get it because the team that brings her in is probably not going to be the team that takes her to the Olympics. And I mean, it would be freaking fabulous if I could be that person. Right. And I'm going to train like hell, like we're going to train like hell to get her noticed. Right. Um, And I'm like, you know, why not? Cause I know women who are 15 years older than me who are killing it. Like, at worlds and things like that on, you know, mountain bike and and cross. And, and I'm just like, I'm going to be like those ladies. And maybe this is my training starts again now. Cause my last year on the, on the race course was 2013, my last race year. So it's been a while, but you know, the pain is still there. I can still feel it. (laughs) This, this is, uh, I mean, Lowell and I've had these conversations. Okay. If, if something were to happen to me, let's say in this, this oh, yeah. Lowell continues on. He he will get another pilot. He will figure it out. He will, someone will have to take my place. Okay. So, yeah. and the same thing with, I, what just reminds me of, um, let's say, you know, uh, pick a, a pick a record or a time or you do it. And then someone immediately as you cross the line, someone says, 
you know, someone will probably beat that one day. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be said. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, if you want to say that, like records are made to be broken. It's the same thing with pilots, okay? Eventually, you know, there is a good chance, all right? And I'm not saying that's not possible. You take your daughter to a certain level and then mm-hmm. everyone agrees, yeah, you know what? Um, you did great. We got her noticed. She's on the team. But the, here is a so-and-so that could bring her to the next level. And that, it's hard. It's really mm-hmm. hard. Okay. But starting off with that, like just get her to the, as far as you could possibly get her. Okay. Oh, and you yeah. know that'll be, that's the way I would approach it. Just take her in the, together. You go as far as you possibly can. And then in the best interests of her and the squad and mm-hmm. whatever you're representing, you have to make these hard decisions. And this happens in sport all the time. I've been a part of them. Okay. Like on the team yeah. pursuit squad. Okay. There was a time where I was, you know, the number two guy, maybe the third guy. Then it was the fourth guy. Then it was the fifth guy. Okay. And so then every, every once in a while I bumped back to the fourth guy. Okay. But then I'd be the fifth guy again. And then I worked so hard just to be the fourth guy again. There's only four guys. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> this was a constant battle, but my pledge to the group. Okay. Was the group was, I wasn't going to take a spot from a, a young guy. Okay. Like if I couldn't make the team, like the team, then yeah. I didn't need to be a part of it. Okay. Cause I wasn't trying to like, I, I wanted to better things. I wanted to give, you know, so mm-hmm. there, there was some really tough days where I was still wanted to be that spot. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, but we, for the better of the group. Okay. Like, and it was not like something, you know, this still pains me, but it was like, it probably best to now, you know, I, um, I got to a certain point to step aside and then watch the program flourish. Okay. There's yeah. so many days since those days where I'm like, Oh, I could still, I could ride with them. I think it today. Okay. Yeah. Like it, that's the thing. That's the part of being a high performance athlete. Like I would love to, sh- to get dressed up, go in and do a couple reps with the guys. I miss it that much. Okay. But yeah. me being a part of that and uh, isn't the, for the greater good of cycling Canada and the men's endurance squad. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay. So I now, I, I still so hungry. I still have so much fire. I still have so much to prove. And, and I'm things you can still do. And that's, that's what's the whole called. master's championships you can go for. No, no masters. Hold on. So you did it again there. No, oh, no. I'm okay. Well, professional like, bike racer. my age is irrelevant, irrelevant. No, 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 I know. Yeah. But, um, I'm just thinking, cause that's, that's out there too. Right. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, ah, I could go and I could train for something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I recognize that at some point, cause she's 18. She has many, the things that, and then that's, the, the nice thing about it, that she's young, she has many good training years for her to develop as a top, top athlete. But, you know, and that's where, you know, I'll be handing her off to somebody else, but I'm going to freaking work as hard as I can to get her as far as I together. And, uh, and, relevant. and then I'll just pick up somebody else and I'll bring you up. When they say the world champion, they don't say their age. That's it. They're the world champion. When you're the Olympic gold medalist, age is irrelevant. And so if you're competing in age group stuff, that's wonderful. If you're looking to be the best 40 to 44-year-old or the 19 to whatever, like that's cool. But I'm I'm still racing at the pro level. And the only reason my age comes up is because I'm the oldest guy there. Okay. And so, and I'm cool with that. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I, I am cool with that and I'm going to fight it as long as I can. So the oh. cool thing about the tandem with Lowell is it's high performance and we're going to the Paralympics and the both of us, it does not matter what our age is. It doesn't matter what our yeah. combined age is. 
options. If you can medal for Canada or you can represent Canada at the highest level, age is not, and that's the thing. Now, if another pilot were to come along that could outdo what I can do with Lowell and Lowell, um, you know, this is going to be on video, but as something I've said to him as well, is that yeah. I, you know, someone comes along can do a better job than I am. I will step aside. That's mm-hmm. the same pledge I made to the team pursuit squad. Yeah. I'll, that's the same pledge I make to Lowell. I'm not, uh, I'm here to give it my all and my all is going to be, uh, you know, uh, competing against the best in the world's all, you know, and that's, that's what we need to factor in. Okay. So yeah. it's like, can Ed get Lowell this pairing? Can we go medal at a, a major games? Okay. And if Joe X rider can come along and has a better opportunity to get Lowell to those medals, I'd be like, hasta la vista. Love you. It's been a slice. <laughs> Next. Know? And you know, the nice thing is, as uh, when I was talking that, um, you know, Canada is in a big phase of recruiting new next gen athletes. So somebody's going to need you might not be Lowell at some point, but you'll be ready for the next one coming up. And that's a nice thing. Cause, but they're, you know, like para athletes are of all ages, right? Yeah, 18, of course. 16 I, to 60. So. I'm too much. I, I do volunteer with the OCA and I do take riders around and I ride that that's separate. So yeah. it's, Completely separate to be like a mentor and a coach and someone to kind of take people out and, you know, and, and, uh, and this is high performance. And so I have two sides. One is uh, a cutthroat savage assassin that is wired <laughs> for, you know, and the other one is this, uh, you know, fun loving, playful, uh, good guy that, you know, just takes people around to tour and let them experience things, try new things. And so mm-hmm. when I went to Lowell or what I was looking for mm-hmm. in a partner was very, it, it was all about giving our all to represent Canada at the highest level. It's not fun. It's not play. It's, you know, and so, but then on the other side, yes, of course, I'll be around for a while. I love sharing, uh, you know, just like this conversation or whatever, like anybody that's getting into the sport, giving them tips or how to do mm-hmm. it. Um, the problem is, is I am in this particular thing. I don't, I can't really turn it off. I have a real, you know, so when we're competing, yeah. I'm, I'm full gas. And so the person <laughs> one on the bike and you need to line up. That's why the chemistry has to be, so dialed okay because if the other person for even one minute a millisecond do i think they're not putting the same effort as me you know i'm pulling over and i'm out you know what i mean so like they have to be you know that's the cool thing about lola we're really he wants he might even want it more than me he's so hungry and so into this that i you know it just it's i'm right where i want to be with the right guy yeah well you got to keep the same fuel like you have to have the same passion since you're going to the olympics oh my gosh right we'll see it's that part (laughs) the cycling canada put out a a, a, the top seven and we're not on it okay so i have many people like the the para rankings and we're not even okay so so think of that like the optics of that like everyone that you know we you know knows that we're path and that they're like (laughs) oh are you not going now and so oh I know. So Lowell and I have to do yeah, something like, exceptional. Right. Exceptional. Yeah. So that makes right. it get this tiny, tiny, <clears throat> window, tiny little window because everyone else on that list is such a rock star. Canada is mm-hmm. so deep on the parasite. So right away, I was I messaged Lowell the second that went out or the second we were told and said, buddy, like, we got this, we're doing this. And the thing is, he said the same thing. So even though our chance is minute, 
but I just knew I was with the right guy because he said, well, let's, let's make sure we let's take our chance. Let's go for it. Oh, for sure. You're not out of the running at all. All right. So we're going to be all watching that and I'll be uh, particularly interested in watching you guys. Um, So let's move on to the charity that you've got going on right now. So at first, okay, so this is a charity to, to raise money for Emma, just hugging here. I wrote it somewhere. MS. And uh, what are the other charities that the money's going for? Okay, so the big one is Four City Velodrome. So there's a. Oh, it is for Four City. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been in there. That's okay. So the. (laughs) It's all good. They better still be around. What's that? I said they better still be around. Well, that's the problem. That's 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 why this is all about. Like this is uh this. I didn't see that anywhere on nonprofit volunteer. Uh, you know, it, it, the model, it's it's not a business, and so they struggle financially. And yeah, it, like over the years, there's been a lot of great people that have come out of the woodwork to make this happen. Whether it's different events or just passionate people that say, you know, but it's a fundraising model, and it, it really that's the only way it's going to stick around. So, I mean, here we are again. Uh, but the the battle of trying to get people to chip in to keep this around, I that that's worth fighting for. And so this is this is just a this was a stunt or like a yeah, pretty much that's what I call it. This was a stunt to get attention for a cause that I feel very passionate about and I want everyone else to feel passionate about. There's only so many of these little cycling right. uh, I don't know, hubs that produce mm-hmm. so much good. And people come out of there and, you know, and, and, and children and youth programs and all kinds of different um, clubs enjoy this facility. They get to train indoors. The coach gets to sit on the infield, teach all these different skills and drills. Uh, you know, they invite their, their friends. All the parents are watching. Like, it, it's, um, you know, in hockey, we have them everywhere. You know, with these arenas, you know, we have all the parents yeah. sitting there with the Tim Hortons with the kids out on it's the... It's a great place. It is a great place. I mean, we've, I've taken groups up there a couple years in a row. I've done like probably three level one <laughs> courses in there because every time you go in there, and I only go once, one, I've only gone like once every year. Yeah. I've got to redo it, and that's fine because yeah. you know. And I always appreciate that the small atmosphere um, of the Forest City. And when Milton was built, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope you know the you know Forest City doesn't close. I mean, even though it's totally different, like it's so much smaller, right? Yeah, but this is the thing. They're fighters, and that's the cool thing is like many – it would it, like a lot of people thought it was going to close right away when Milton opened. And don't get me wrong. I love Milton too. I, I lived in Milton. Well, it's different, right? It's fantastic. We have a world-class track right here in Ontario that's in Milton. I'm fantastic. I couldn't it's, – it's incredible. Like I love it. So don't – it's not one or the other. This is the best part. Like they're not competing. They're at doing the same thing. We need more of these. And this is another uh, perspective to say, like, we can't lose any of them. Okay. So Milton comes, it, it should inspire other people to open other velodromes. Okay. This is the idea. We need all these little feeder systems to feed the big one. It's it's kind of like the Scotiabank Place or the Air Canada Center. Okay. All these that not what, little. What? Sorry. Isn't that, is that not, not what Forest City is? Like. You're doing all the kids programs there because it's like affordable to go there over the bigger velodrome. And that's where they learn. And then they progress up to the 
the bigger one? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just more accessible. It's it you track time is not at a premium and coaches yeah. and different clubs and that can get in there. It, yeah. It's 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 uh, a little more inclusive. You know, it's it's just it's it's also very closed and tight and like mm-hmm. just more intimate. Okay. And the idea is if, if people get riding there and go elsewhere, that that's probably the hardest track to ride. So if you can ride at Forest City, everything else is a breeze. So if you yeah. learn on that track, if you learn on that, oh, give me a break. Anywhere else you go, we'll be like, whoa, this is so, but we need more of them. We need more, not less. Yeah. If we're going to lose this one, that's why an all ride for three weeks, 300 kilometers a day. Um, yes. Keep this around. You did that already. Yeah. You did that yeah. in September, right? Well, I just finished. Yeah, I finished October 1st. That was my last ride was October 1st. How did you feel riding a BMX? I uh, it's a road bike on a BMX track. I, I rode a, a, a BMX oh. track. So. Oh, <laughs> I was like, whoa, going for a road bike to a BMX? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, your, your legs felt after that. But, but uh, so you just finished your own personal um I guess events for this charity. So you did three weeks, 21 days, 6,300 kilometers traveled, 180 hours on gravel road, mountain bike track, hand cycle, recumbent. That must have been comfortable. And and BMX track. (laughs) You got it. And BMX track. And now you're going into engaging and encouraging teams to raise money. Or... Yeah. So the the whole thing was, um, you know, the distance uh, covered. I mean, that just riding 300 kilometers a day. Anybody who's ridden 300 kilometers, okay, you know, I how they felt the next day, okay. So yeah. they, you know, they feel okay. fantastic. They've done this big epic ride, and then the following day they're laid out, or they don't ride, or they need some recovery, or you take the week off, or you know, whatever, right? So to do it the second day, you know, not that impressive. Do the third day, maybe people start going like, what, you know, to do it three weeks in a row, that was the idea. It was like in that three weeks, more people be going like, Ed's crazy or what, this is crazy or how is he doing this? Or, <laughs> what you know, is that, he doing? That was the point, okay? It was kind of just the repeatable craziness day after day after day. Mm-hmm. And as it added up, more eyeballs and more people be like chiming in to go like, okay, one, how is he doing this? And two, why is he doing this? And so how is, uh, you know, suffering, like just trying to switch it up on different bikes and variety and whatever, anything to keep moving. Okay. The why was these three causes and the, you know, the four city velodrome was number one, MS society, uh, you know, awesome cause. And then the real hero project, um, which is a new thing that we're working on where you we want to recognize some unsung heroes in our community that do unbelievable things uh, and or, or battling awesome things. And so there's no shortage of um, stories uh, and people. And so my, my girlfriend is a spec ed teacher. She comes home with all kinds of uh, challenges or different things that she just sees and is, uh, you know, helping with. And so one of the, the, the whole charity thing came about way back when, uh, you know, maybe a year and a half ago when this young kid in her class, um, he ate his glasses. He has this thing where he chews things and he, and he ate them. He chewed up his glasses and he couldn't, his parents couldn't afford new glasses. And so when she told me that, I was really distraught and I just thought, this is terrible. And so I, I got on the bike the following day on the trainer and I just got on Instagram and I said, I'm going to ride all day until I get enough pledges or donations to pay for this kid's classes. And that was, and when at the end of the day, I think we $1,800 came in. So not only did we pay for the glasses, 
Um, we sent a bunch of kids to camp and then we did uh, some money to a lunch program for all the needy kids, you know, that, you know, to pay for their lunches. Cool. So did you, did you just set, okay. How did you get the money? Did you set up like a GoFundMe or no. did it through something else or just like direct deposit or how did you do that? Uh, no, they just e-transferred me. That was, it was oh, like, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not for everybody. I can't keep doing that. That's not the way to do it. Okay. So, but in that, in a short term kind of quick thing, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, I think back to, you know, just character and morals and, you know, like I, yeah. if anyone was looking for receipts or tax refund, there was not the one to be had right, right, right. We yeah. about the money spent. We spent the money that came in plus more out of my pocket. So, I mean, it wasn't about, you know, and that's the same thing with this. Like, you know, I, I'm sure there's someone out there wondering why I'm doing this. And uh, I can tell you story after story about what cycling's done for me. That mm-hmm. story to me is worth more than any sort of monetary gain that I could get from it. Mm-hmm. Like helping yeah. somebody. The bike has helped me like immensely. Like it's not, I can't even explain what the bike has done for me. So now it's my turn to give back to this tool, you know, cause that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so I mean, so yeah, so now there's a, the idea is we're going to start, you know, we're with some, uh, like FCB isn't a charity. Okay. So there's no tax receipt if you donate to FCB. Okay. Right. MS is though. Okay. Registered charity. If someone's looking for a tax receipt, you know, mm-hmm. that's straight up. And same thing, the real hero project will be a foundation and we're going to build that. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it, there's big things to come with that. Okay. Now I get S F C V Cause I was looking at your website. I'm like, exactly is that Uh, you should maybe write it out because i was like "Hmm." and then i'm like ms okay i get that real hours okay so yeah that's awesome and now okay so to get more information we'll put all the links below but it's realdealcycling.ca backslash ride for real and the number four realdealracing.ca sorry what did i say Real yeah, deal yeah, racing. Yeah. Real deal race. Don't worry. It'll be in the description. Okay, <laughs> I'll yeah, get yeah. it right there. <laughs> um, so now you're running this until October 31st. Yes. And your goal amount is what? Well, uh, we want to raise $100,000. So oh, that's, hey, and how yeah. close are you? Well, we are not close. We are at almost 13000 So okay. So we got a ways to go. And yes. the, the idea is to just like this video and the goodness of your heart to share this and tell people is that many people think that if they don't frequent that track, you know, they, well, you know, I don't ride the track. I'm not a track rider. I don't go to mm-hmm. London. Um, mm-hmm. I think they need to think bigger than this. Like there's a, you know, we were a fringe sport. We have very small fields, very small, everything's small. The infrastructure small. People are fighting for, you know, you think when you get buzzed by a car, you know, it, we need more cyclists. We need more people riding bikes. We need more um, of these facilities. Okay, so I think everyone looks after their own little thing and wonders why, why, why aren't there more bikers? You know, and it's like this, this stuff, this place pumps out bikers. And if it were to go, I mean, this is a problem. Okay, so mm-hmm. by donating ten dollars, I mean, I, I, it's not fixing it, but I got to say, like, it's stopping. Uh, a, a loss. All right. So I know there's many, many people out there working really hard to grow the sport and I commend you and I'm, I want to be right there beside you fighting for it. And this is, I think as a group, we need to come together and I, people that can donate, 
please. Okay. If you can't, we're not asking for much. It's $10, but if this could go Canada wide or at least province wide, I think there's enough of us out there. You know, I, I, I think there's 10 or 15,000 OCA members. Okay. You know, if everyone donated 10 bucks, this, this wouldn't be a problem. Okay? Yeah. So that's the and kind that's- of outreach that we're looking for. Yeah. Well, I know I saw it on the, um, I think it was Canadian cycling. Cyclist. Yeah. yeah. Rob and okay. Tracy Jones are Canadian cyclists. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. They, they're, yeah, yeah, they are. They are really nice. They are. I like, uh, love working with them so far. This has only been a month, <laughs> yeah, no, <they're> fantastic. <laughs> but I'm really, really keen to, um, to give it everything right. Like to impress them. So what can we do now? Okay. So we'll write, we'll, I'll add all the stuff um, and all the links for people to find you. Um, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Ah, uh, no, I, I, uh, I enjoy this uh, interview. You know, I, uh, I think, uh, you know, you got a great story. You got a great energy. I think where you're going with uh, your daughter and then helping out with Paris stuff, we need more people like you. So if there was a, a message, uh, this isn't, you're, you're not, uh, we, we need to, you know, cultivate this culture that we, everyone kind of supports it and gives back. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to take all of us to make this happen. All right. So I know, I if the message It's like, I think we can all get very cynical and wonder why this isn't like this. And, you know, why aren't these people doing that? And I, and I think you really should look back at yourself and go, okay, what am I doing to better, uh, things yeah. for our sport? Or, or the experience or whatever. And so if we all kind of like just chip in. And so some people can chip in with 10 bucks. Some people can chip in with an hour of their time. Some people can do an interview or talk to their viewers. So my message right now is like, you know, if you give a shit and you say you give a shit and you come up, then let, you let's like you ride, you like to ride bikes. Yeah. Then I think like, you should well, donate. Well, let's do your part. Do your part. You know, do your job. I know that in this region, like cycling exploded I don't know what it was like in Hamilton but everything like so many new people on bikes this year like as soon as they were um you know uh confined to the house everybody went out and bought a bike yeah like so many and there's so many new cyclists and like I said um you know I and not nobody i would say all new cyclists don't know the background and are you know um should i guess there's an education for us to get out there and you know just share everything that's been happening in the last you know five decades of cycling and you know what's behind it and you know um and giving out and, and skills and, you know, where to find things and things like that. But what if, what if this boom, uh, this bicycle boom translates into a whole new culture, a whole new group of people that, that this, that the problem is, is that there, you know, are, there are many people that bike, but do they, do they do anything for the sport? And so we do need yeah. new eyeballs. We need new people. We need new passion because the old guard um, has let us down. Okay. And so mm-hmm. that's one thing I feel like there, I can name on, uh, you know, there's, you know, for the thousands of encountered of people that bike, I, you know, how many people actually run a club 
or run an event or, you know, uh, do something for the community or give back. Okay. And it's a handful and it, it's always yeah. the same passion of people and they get burnt out. Okay. So mm-hmm. this, that COVID and, uh, this, this influx of new people buying these, you know, getting their kids on bikes and then them getting a bike. And like, you're right. Like there, there's not a, a kind of like a low end distributor that isn't sold out. Okay. And that's how it starts. They start with an entry yeah. level they get hooked, they buy the next level bike, then they're looking for a club or a group and then boom, they're, you know, and then maybe they're lifetime cyclists. And I think that helps cycling infrastructure, like the roadways and the bike lanes. It also helps when, um, when someone grows up with cycling, they don't buzz, you know, they don't drive and, uh, and scare people or hit people. Cyclists generally ride pretty cautiously around cyclists. So the only way I know to combat uh, this is to get more people riding. Okay. So this is all going to be good. So if there is a, a takeaway from COVID and like, you know, some of the stuff to get together with your family and slowing down and you know, your bubble, like this is one good thing that could be, now we're not going to realize this right away. Okay. This is not next year. This is not, this is going to be a generational thing that maybe, you know, maybe it's 10 years and we're going to see those kids that were five getting that brand new bike today that are 15 and now ride for life. Okay. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm open to a new approach and maybe one of those young kids can, can be one of the leaders of the sport, you know, because we mm-hmm. need, that. and that's why I'm thankful for this call. We need you. We need people like you. We need someone that's going to like, you know, take it and run with this and then bring a whole bunch of people with them. Yeah. You know, you can do this for life. And that's why I'm another big fan, you know, and that's the cool thing about people starting late. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, Oh, you had to play hockey your whole life or you had to play a, you know, a racket sport your whole life to be good at it at 50. Nope. 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 Yeah. nope. And that's, it's a beautiful thing. So whether, whether you're coming from an injury or you have a disability or some sort of like challenge, uh, man, there's no time than now to get on a bike. Okay. And so that's back again to tie into the guy that got me early uh, on a mountain bike, driving me crazy. I become him. How okay? old were you? I was, uh, I was 27. Oh my I- God. Okay. Well, I was thinking like you were like 17 years old. Oh, no. you're 27. That is, sorry. Yeah. That is like, no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> sorry. I was like 30. I was 30, but no, uh, 29, 29, maybe yeah, 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. I like when I go and, and teach people are like, so how long you been on bike? I'm like, I don't know, since I was 32 or something, you know, I, I didn't grow up. I grew up on like, you know, a, a banana seat bike, right? Like, yeah, like me the kids. Too. yeah, me too. But when, and, uh, once I got a license, uh, the bike went away. And yeah. so the thing, I never went back to the bike. I didn't need a bike. I had a car and I got my license early. I know I was driving around 17. I had a vehicle like that was it. And so from 17 till 27, there's 10 years of no bike. I didn't ride a bike. And then yeah. I dabbled for a bit. Then I got in a mountain bike. I didn't get on a road bike till I was 30. Okay. But the, the thing that I want to tell most people, and this is what I speak to when I speak engagements, a lot of times it's about ageism. I didn't make the national team. I didn't represent Canada and make the national team until I was 37 years old. Okay. And oh. I'm still a national team member right now at 44. Okay. So for anybody out there that thinks that they can't do it, like I just, and, and then I get it's, oh, but that's you. And I'm just like, oh, come <laughs> on. Like, give me a break. The idea is belief. Okay? You have <laughs> yeah. to. And so if you stare at your birth certificate and right away see a a date that tells you like, oh, I can't do it or it's too late or it's passed me by, I want to shake, I want to come through the screen and shake the living crap out of you. 
okay? And I uh, say the same thing all the time about, like, if I was a caveman, I would not be the guy scratching. I wouldn't know my age. I wouldn't know my age. It's not like every year go by and I make another scratch and then add up, oh, I got 44 scratches. I must be 44 now. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't know, <laughs> right? And so that the idea that it keeps coming up, man, it drives me bananas. So that's the kind of talk, you know, when uh, – you know, when I talk to a group and we say like, okay, who can do the most push-ups? Okay. What does it matter? Like, and then tell me where your age is involved. Let's say you're at a school or you're at a business. Yeah. Who can, who can do the longest plank? What does it matter? Like, where does age come involved when you say, oh, I planked for three minutes? It's not. And so a lot of the things that you do on a daily basis outside of cycling have nothing to do with age. You write a great book, author, you, you paint a painting. What does age have to do with any of that? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, age might be, you know, when something goes bad. You know, or gets moldy, or age is like you know, a fine wine. But for the you can still part, scrape it off and keep going. Yeah, okay. But when does age of all the things that we uh, aspire to be and do? Um, you know, and so for some reason in sport, and when I say for some reason, it's it's usually the people that are not part of it. They're not doing it. Okay. And they have an opinion on something they know nothing about. And that's the part that drives me bananas. So I'm part, Mm -hmm. I'm here right in the day, right in the now competing at the highest level at 44 years of age. And if anybody wants to, you know, question or have an opinion, people have been saying this for now, uh, seven, eight years that, you know, uh, Oh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's going to end or that's going to, you know, I'm here saying like, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. I'm here to the bitter end. So, well, with that, we got to wrap it up because we could talk forever, right? And I know you have things to do and and I've got to get going, but I just want to say thank you so much. And we're all going to be watching you guys get ready for next year. We know you're going to be on the team. We know it. I mean, I know it. You might even see me there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now, wouldn't that be funny? I might I be think, there as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the person putting the limiter on. So, yes, I would love I it. know. I know. Hey, I'm not. I'm just going to do my damn hardest. So, with that, thank you so much, Ed. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And please make sure you go donate your $10 minimum to the charity to keep a great cycling facility open because odds are you'll get there. Maybe your kids will get there if they're in one of my programs in this region of Ottawa Hall and also in the greater GTA. It's a great place for a lot of cycling programs. So thank you guys. So Sylvie Daou and Ed Vale, take care. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to check out my 16 week indoor road cycling program, either on location or online where you're going to learn all the tips and tricks about becoming a most efficient road cycling and at changing the gears, knowing when to gear, implementing the four stages of your pedal strokes after I'm done coaching you. So take care, take a look. And if you're not into the 16 week, then I have a four week cycling skills intensive where you're going to learn the skills and you can take those and apply to Swift. So how about that? Check them out. Bye.